<clears throat> Sorry. What's up? Welcome to another episode of Commander's Demand. It's your boy Sports PSP. As you all know, folks, Commander's Demand is a podcast in which your boy Sports PSP provides content regarding the Washington Commanders. Tonight's episode of Commander's Demand. I will be discussing Chase Young's comments about the Washington Commanders since he was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. And, of course, my predictions for the Commanders versus Seattle Seahawks game. So please stay tuned because Commanders Demand starts right now. You're watching Commanders Demand with your host, Sports PSP, exclusively on the Grid Network. Hey folks, it's your boy Sports PSP. Welcome to Commander's Demand. Hope everyone is enjoying a fantastic evening. Um, please go make sure you like and subscribe to the Grid Network, the GRYD Network, if you're interested in great podcasts such as my man Bryson Carver's Carpet It Up podcast or the Tuesday night show, the 8 o'clock show, every Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Go check it out on the Grid Network. Also, please like and subscribe to the Sports PSP podcast as well. We are now over 1,000 subscribers. Um, we're going to continue to grind, man. We're going to continue to pursue for better things. So be on the looks for that. Anyway, folks, I want to talk about Chase Young. I know that Chase Young is gone. The Washington Commanders, they traded him for a third round pick. Chase Young had his first press conference with the San Francisco 49ers. And when asked about his thoughts regarding the trade, he said he wasn't mad. I'm reading an article here from USA Today, commanderswire.com from Byron Manning, who covers the commanders. This is what Chase Young had to say on thoughts about him being traded to the 49ers. He said he wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. Nah, you know Nick, re referring to Nick Bosa, is here. Always been a big brother to me, even at Ohio State. Just stepping in here for today. Just got in here last week. Just the culture. The vibe is a lot different. I definitely know that I'm in a building with winners. Okay, he was referring to Nick Bosa. They were former teammates at OSU. Chase Young went to Ohio State while Nick Bosa was there. Both were number two overall picks. Nick Bosa in 2019, Chase Young in 2020. Um, he also, Chase Young, even went um, further. Just the players. Young said when asked how he could tell a difference in the culture so soon, the spirit in the locker room, the spirit of the coaches, you know it's just different. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of the same thing at Ohio State where it's like you're expected to win, and it's just that type of vibe. We're going to win. You know what I'm saying? 
So it definitely reminds me of Ohio State. But obviously, I'm going to feel these are grown men. I'm just excited, blessed with the opportunity to be with this franchise. So that is exactly what Chase Young had to say regarding his um, trade to the 49ers and how he feels about the 49ers environment. Look, I'm not going to be too mad on Chase Young regarding his comments because, again, he was drafted in 2020. So, of course, he's going to speak about the previous ownership of Daniel Snyder amongst owners one of the worst owners ever, okay? One of the worst owners ever. And he's going to talk about how things transpired during in Washington in years one, two, three, and four. And, you know, Washington during that time, they were struggling, particularly in 2021. Now, 2022, they were competing. They were trying to compete for the playoffs, but unfortunately, they failed. For Chase Young, I think for him going to San Francisco should be a rejuvenation for him because you're going to the San Francisco 49ers, a team that's been to the NFC Championship back-to-back years. They've been to the NFC Championship game back-to-back years. That's number one. Number two, you're in California, San Francisco, California, the Bay Area, as opposed to um, Landover, Maryland, where the commanders play or Ashburn, Virginia, where the commander's facilities are. Three, you reunited with your former teammate, Nick Bosa. You know, San Francisco is known for having a good defense. So this is an opportunity for you, Chase Young, to give you a better chance, a better opportunity. And, of course, at at the end of the day for Chase Young, It's about making your money, making your bread. Now, there was very good reason that the commanders, looking back, they didn't want to pay him a huge amount of money. Number one, durability at the end of the day. The best ability is availability. Chase Young hasn't been available the past couple of years. That's number one. Um, number two, Washington was also giving other reasons why they did not want to pay Chase Young a huge contract. Remember, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They didn't. And for whatever reason, they just didn't want to give him the contract. Also, too, because him and Montez Sweat, by the end of this season, they were going to be free agents. And Washington, they didn't want to pay a huge ton of money on two pass rushers. One of them who's made the Pro Bowl but has had durability concerns. The other has not made a Pro Bowl in his career but has shown promise, potential, who's been available and is an upside. So Washington didn't want to go in that route, that direction. I don't really have a problem with what Chase Young had to say. If you're Magic Johnson and um, Josh Harris, This is your first year. So I don't think he was really necessarily criticizing Magic Johnson and Josh Harris. He was really criticizing the previous ownership, Ron Rivera, the head coach, everything that happened in Washington before the arrival of Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, which is why 
um, with Magic Johnson and Josh Harris, they're going to change the culture. Fortunately for Washington, we traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat to, um, to teams that needed them, and we ended up getting draft compensation. Washington got a second-round pick for Montez Sweat. Um, Washington also received a third-round pick. I think it was a compensatory third-round pick for Chase Young. So it's better to have something than nothing. It'd be dumb on Washington's part to lose them in the offseason for nothing. If you're Washington, you know, on December 31st, I believe the 49ers travel to face the commanders. The 49ers traveled to face the commanders. And last year, when the commanders traveled on the road to the 49ers, boy, oh boy, the 49ers whooped our ass. So if you're the commanders, right now the focus should not be on Chase Young. You should be focusing as much as you can to face the Seattle Seahawks, in which I'm going to get into in just a second. Your focus, if you're the Washington commanders, if you're the players, the coaches, focus on trying to do as much as you can on the season. Focus on trying to win as much as possible. Do not let Chase Young's comments affect you. He um, is happy with his new arrival in San Francisco. My suggestion is if you're Washington, that is none of your concern. Wish Chase Young nothing but the best. Um, end it off on a positive note, on a high note, and just move on. That's really more that you can do if you're Washington. Um, I wish Chase Young nothing but the best. Um, it does hurt that he's no longer here with us, as well as Montez Sweat. Even though we won last week against the New England Patriots, we couldn't even generate a sack. And, you know, that's something that we're going to miss from the two of them moving forward because prior to the trades, Montez Sweat had six and a half sacks, Chase Young with five. Okay, we know we have Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen as far as our interior, who outside of our pass rush is going to contribute as far as sacks. So who's going to be that person in order for us to generate sacks and to help out our interior linemen? So, I don't know. But for Chase Young, I wish him nothing but the best. Hey, he, when athletes, when they're given an opportunity to say something, you got to let them know what's on their mind. And he even admitted um, that he found out on social media. And if that's true, if what Chase Young is saying was true, that he found out on social media, according to the article that I read from Brian Manning, from Commander's Wire USA Today, he said that Young admitted that he found out about the trade from social media, then that's also shame on Washington's part. You should have at least told him. Perhaps he also felt a reason why he said what he said, because that was classless on Washington's part. If what Chase Young said is true, if he found out by social media, you couldn't at least pick up the phone, call him, or just have a face-to-face -face meeting with them in your office and tell them, hey, the trade has been finalized. You know, we wish you nothing but the best. 
he could have done some, the commanders could have at least done something like that if this is true. But um, again, for Chase Young, happy for him that he gets to go somewhere else. He can compete and have an opportunity to make as much money as he can get. As for Washington, it's time to move on from the Chase Young Montez sweat days and focus on something else. Now, let's talk about the Commanders versus the Seahawks. Um, the Commanders are six and a half point underdogs leading into Seattle's game. Um, the Commanders are coming off a victory against New England Patriots, 20 to 17. Sam Howell had back-to-back games of over 300 yards passing. Um, I thought the defense, albeit against Mac Jones and one of the worst scoring offenses in the NFL, the New England Patriots, the defense played well. Uh, Jartavius Martin, I'm sorry, because uh, last because uh, a few days ago I said Quan Martin. It was my mistake. It was Jartavius Martin who came up with the big interception late in the fourth quarter to seal the game. You know, I've been watching a lot of videos on YouTube about the Commanders' playoff push. Since Chase Young, Montez Sweat have been traded, and since they won against New England Patriots, is this a playoff push for the Commanders? And I'm like, nah, dog. Stop. The Commanders, first of all, I don't know about playoff push with this team, especially not in that division. The Eagles are better than them. They just beat them twice. The Cowboys are better than them. As much as I can't stand Dallas Cowboys, but obviously I would be a fool to say that the commanders are better than the Cowboys. Cowboys are better, period. And how am I going to say playoff push with the Washington commanders when they lost to the New York Giants, when they were the favorites on the road at East Rutherford, New Jersey, MetLife Stadium? Washington plays a lot better on the road than they are at home. They've only managed to win one home game, and that was the season opener against Arizona, arguably the worst team in football. And they went up against the New York Giants, who prior to that game against the Commanders had five total sacks, and they sacked Sam Howell six times in that game. So pump the brakes with the Commanders because – with the Commanders, they got the Seahawks this Sunday. They got the Giants. I, I, I'd be shocked if the Commanders would actually win that game. I would be shocked. Even though uh, and even though Daniel Jones is out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL, and I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is going to come back, I would not be shocked at all if the Giants actually won because we saw the Giants pull off the upset against the Commanders. It wouldn't surprise me if they pull it off again. And then the Commanders, they have a short week, November the 23rd, Thanksgiving Day, at the Cowboys, 4.30 p.m. Cowboys are going to kick the Commanders' ass. Then next, then after that, they got the Dolphins. Dolphins should kick the Commanders' ass. Then at the Rams, who knows? It, it may be interesting. By the way, Carson Wentz is now with the Los Angeles Rams. You, you don't think Carson Wentz is looking out to get revenge against his former team? 
Then after that, you get the Jets. Hmm, you may have a chance against the Jets because of how Zach Wilson is. Zach Wilson may not be the best quarterback in the world, but Jets have a solid defense. Solid defense. Then they got the 49ers, December the 31st, and the Cowboys on January 7th. So let's pump the break to say that the Commanders could actually compete for the playoffs. I'm not there just yet, folks. You know, let's wait and see because that NFC, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco, of course, there's Detroit. There is a couple of teams in the NFC South. Um, you know, you got you look at New Orleans, you look at um, Atlanta, you look at um, Tampa Bay. And then in the NFC West, you got Seattle and you got um, San Francisco. No, I, I'm sorry. There's too many teams that Washington has no chance of actually making to the playoffs. I'm sorry. It, the NFC is just too good for Washington to actually make a playoff spot. I'm sorry. I do not see the commanders making a playoff spot. Um, I previously had them going eight and nine this season. Um, could they go seven and 10, eight and nine still? Sure. But I still don't think it's going to be much of a difference. I still don't think the uh, commanders are going to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. I just don't. I, I, I just don't because I've lost faith already in Ron Rivera, and I hope by the end of the season he's gone. Um, the team has lost faith in him. So is the players. So is the fans. Um, Eric Bieniemy, I think he's the only positive thing for our team. But my problem with him is he calls too many damn offensive plays. And stop telling me it's just defense. Even at times when the games are competitive, he still likes to throw the football too much. And I and part of the reason I agree with Champ, I do think he's trying to do what he can to show people that he can be a head coach. He just needs to be more balanced as a head coach. So. Now, let's talk about the Seahawks game. Seahawks, they're six-and-a-half-point favorites. It's at Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks are three-and-one at home. The only home loss that they've had this season was the season opener against Los Angeles Rams. Geno Smith, so far this season, has not played particularly well. He's thrown nine touchdown passes to only seven interceptions. The last four games, he's thrown six interceptions. Six interceptions. He has not been playing his best football. Um, he's not been playing well at all this season. He's had a few good games, week two against the Detroit Lions. But overall, he has not been playing like the Geno Smith of last year. Now, maybe it's because last year it was an aberration for Geno Smith because Seattle, they traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos for multiple first-round picks. Um, Seattle looked like a team that was going to finish last place in the division. Meanwhile, for Denver, 
they were going to get a top-notch quarterback in Russell Wilson who would compete for the playoffs, who would actually compete in that division, the AFC West, with the best quarterback in the NFL, and it's not even close in Patrick Mahomes. And last year, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos flopped. Meanwhile, the Seattle Seahawks, particularly Geno Smith, elevated. They flourished. They made the playoffs. Statistically, Geno had by far his best year of his career. Over 4,000 yards. One comeback player of the year. Made the Pro Bowl. Made the playoffs. Now this season, they're 5-3. and three. They're tied with San Francisco with the best division in the NFC West. They're coming off an embarrassing loss against the Baltimore Ravens. I think if Geno Smith, if he's going to have a bounce back game or a magnificent game, short I say, it should be against the Washington Commanders. Because if you look at the Commanders, I've read some of these stats here from Pro Football Reference. Washington is 32nd in team defense. They are 32nd in team defense. In pass defense, Washington is 29th. Running defense, Washington is 23rd. Scoring defense, Washington is 30th. Washington is the th is third in the NFL, giving up the most points per game with 27.2. Only the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers have given more points per game than the Commanders. The Commanders' defense has been terrible this season, particularly the pass defense. We've seen how they've struggled against the Eagles. We saw how they struggled against the Broncos, even though they won that game. We saw what happened Thursday night against the Chicago Bears. So, my prediction, I believe Geno Smith is probably going to go, I believe he's going to throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, and maybe one pick in that game. Because I think he's going to do a better job spreading the ball, getting his guys, DK Metcalf, Tyler Brockett, Jackson Smith, Najiba, the ball. Now, last week against the Ravens, the Ravens did a phenomenal job. And they have an elite defense, folks. DK Metcalf only had one catch for 50 yards. Tyler Lockett didn't have really much impact in that game. Um, Jackson Smith, Najiba, six catches for over 60 yards. But they just made – the Ravens made hell for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't see that with the Washington Commanders. Don't tell me after coming off a victory against the New England Patriots, you're going to have confidence to go up against that team at their home when they're 3-1. That's not going to happen. I don't see the commander's defense shutting um, Seattle to 17 points. I believe in this game, and I actually have Seattle winning. 
you know what I'm going to say? Seattle's going to win this game. Seattle's going to win this game. I probably say 30 to 23. Geno Smith is going to put up over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I believe he's going to have a big game. I believe he's going to have a game like he had last year. And I think he'll have a great game to the point in which DeJounte Murray, point guard of the Atlanta Hawks, because he was tweeting during the Ravens game, put in Drew Locke. I don't think that's going to happen in that game against the Commanders because I have little to no faith in our commander's secondary. Um, Emmanuel Forbes, I like Emmanuel Forbes, but when you look at the corners in his draft class, Christian Gonzalez, when healthy, is better than him, and um, Devin Witherspoon is better than him. Um, I just think that the commander secondary, they're going to have a hard time going up against the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers. And I think Geno's going to have a bounce back in this one. I really do. If there's any chance for the commanders to actually have a chance to win, it all comes down to the offensive line. And there is a particular offensive lineman. He's not a big household name. He's among the oldest players on the commander's roster. I was reading an article from the Washington Post, Sam Fortier, give him credit. Um, interesting article. He wrote about Tyler Lansing, now the starting center of the Washington commanders. He took over for Nick Gates. And it's helped this team tremendously as far as protecting Sam Howell. Because I've constantly said that the commanders prior to um, Tyson became starting for the commanders, Sam Howell was getting his ass knocked. You know, he was he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. It seemed like he was on pace to break David Carr's record for the most sacks by a quarterback. Well, these past couple of games, Ty Lanson has given the Commanders and Sam Howell some life. Do you realize in the past two games against the Eagles and against New England Patriots, Sam Howell's only been sacked four times? Four. Four times he's only been sacked. He was sacked once against the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was sacked three times against the New England Patriots. I read this stat from, uh, from the article from Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. This is a stat from Pro Football Focus. Let's see if I have it. Oh, yes, there you go. Sorry about that. Since Tyler Lawson replaced Nick Gates, in week eight, this was against the Philadelphia Eagles, with Larson at center, 32.7% pressure rate. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, six hits. And Sam Howell was sacked one time in that game. Week nine with Tyler Lawson. And that was against the New England Patriots. The pressure rate was 35.3%. With a pressure rate, 35.3% um, pressure rate, six hits, 
and only three sacks in that game against the New England Patriots. That's how many sacks that Sam Howell was um, sacked in that game against New England. So very impressive. Let me show you weeks one through seven. Oh, I'll read it to you. Weeks one through seven with Nick Gates as the starting center. 9.9 .9 hits per game with 5.7 sacks per game and a pressure rate percentage of 38.7. So 38.7% from Nick Gates to Tyler Lawson's week eight against the Eagles, 32.7% to Tyler Lawson against the New England Patriots, 35.3. Difference. And a difference is the hits per game and the sack. So the key, the X factor to me is Tyler Lawson. Because since he has come in and become the starting line offensive uh, center for the commanders, he's given the team hope. He's done a better job protecting Sam Powell. And that's all we really need at this point. As long as Sam Powell is healthy and is protected, and if you give him enough time to escape out of the pocket, read the defense, take what the defense has given him, and more importantly, getting rid of the ball, it helps our chances. So Tyler Lanson, uh, Tyler Lawson is a huge X factor leading into the Seattle Seahawks game. Um, as opposed to um, um, as for the Seattle Seahawks regarding X factor, yeah, Devin Witherspoon. Because I want to see the matchup between Devin Witherspoon going up against Terry McLaurin. I also want to see him going up against um, Jahan Dotson as well. Because I want to see how he's going to handle those types of wide receivers. And I think the farm with a spoon is going to be fine. And I think Terry McLaurin is going to get his as well as um, Jahan Dotson. And we don't really need that big of a game from Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dotson has actually stepped up. You know, last week against the Patriots, caught a big touchdown pass. So I think. If the commanders, wide receivers, if they do their part, they'll be fine. But Devin Witherspoon is going to make a couple of key plays. No question about that. Um, another thing that um, I really want to see Eric the enemy do is just try to run the football. You know, Seattle has to, I mean, Matter of fact, let me. Because they're. I think. The rushing defense from. Game. They're 12th in the end. 122 rushing yards per game. If you run the football, you will give Sam Howell more opportunities. What more could you possibly ask? Just take the pressure off of Sam Howell. Just let him run uh, just with Brian Robinson, and you'll be fine. Now, Grant Robinson made a fumble in the game against the Patriots. Yes, it, it hurt me. But still, you got to run the football.
you can't ask your quarterback to throw the football that many times. So it the keys for me is the protection of Sam Howell, running the ball more. I think if you do that, you should be fine. But again, it's up to Eric Bieniemy and the commanders. If you uh, as for their defense, if you're gonna have any chance going up against the Seahawks, can you at least get a sack or two? Because against the Patriots, you didn't you didn't get any sacks, a zero. So commanders really want to win. These are the things that they're going to have to do. They're going to have to run the ball more, protect Sam Howell. I think Tyler Larson is going to be our X factor. And I think on defense, you're just going to have to do your part getting after Geno Smith. That's what you're going to have to do. But anyway, folks, that concludes the rest of Commander's Demand. Please like and subscribe to the Grid Network again, the GRYD Network. Also, like and subscribe to the Sports PSP Podcast. Appreciate you taking the time and listening to the podcast. Um, the post game will be on Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Grid Network. And every Wednesdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Grid Network. But anyway, but anyway it's your boy Sports PSP. Enjoy your evening and God bless.